Welcome to episode 161 of Relics of Ore. I'm your host, Grybok, and joining me this evening, we have a full cast with uh, Spirit, Eevee, and rejoining us once again is Vrabin. How are you doing this evening, Vrabin? I'm doing pretty well. Glad to be here as always, and just been busy, couldn't make it, but I'm glad that schedules work this today. Yeah, totally. There's, uh, you know, uh, adults have adulting things to do, and it, uh, it makes it hard to do a podcast all the time, so we're definitely glad to have you back. And uh, how are you doing, Evie? I'm still kind of flustered that someone called something less than 150 proof alcohol moonshine. But other than that, I'm doing pretty good. But well, it, it was mixed with something, so you know, it may have been... Then it's not moonshine! But it is still still moonshine in the drink. Moonshine is the primary booze hall of the of booze hall Yeah, booze hall <laughs> I, I can't... I hope I never become a booze-aholic. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, and apparently Spirit thought that was great. How are you doing this evening, Spirit? Uh, it's been a wonderful pre-show, and the weather is nice, and summer is coming, and I'm just, I'm really feeling good in general. Also, uh, Heart of Thorns is coming. It, I know, so soon. It is actually coming in one month and one week, you guys. Do you realize kn- that? Oh, man. Like, it's, I'm not ready. That's crazy. That's crazy talk. I really uh, am not ready, because I don't know about two classes yet. Uh, yeah, that's also crazy. Anyway, um, there really isn't any news to talk about this week, I don't think, for the most part. Um, but really, we got to do another beta weekend with um, a big set of changes to multiple of the elite specializations, and as well as the first crack at several of the ones that have been released since the prior beta weekend. Um is there anything anybody wants to launch into first? I feel like Daredevil is probably going to be our last one because we have, I think, the most passionate feedback about that one. Um, <laughs> Three pages. <laughs> yeah. Um, what did you guys each play during the, uh, the the beta? Spirit, go. I played Daredevil briefly, just enough basically to get out of the story and do maybe one or two events. Um, I played a bit of Herald. Uh also roughly about the same amount, but I spent a little bit more time in the open world. I didn't do a lot of exploration, uh, but I did play a lot of Stronghold. Again, uh, I'm finding that that is really, uh, quote-unquote, my jam. Yeah. Uh, how's, how is that, how's that shaping up? Was it different from the prior time, aside from having new specializations to deal with, or pretty much just the same and, you know, getting practice at it? Uh... I don't think there was anything too different from last beta weekend. Was, if there were any changes, they were they were very small. I I think that the most notable difference in Stronghold was the fact that thieves were much harder to like to not kill, as Ugh. in they were easier to kill. Oh, uh, I disagree. Why were they easier to kill? Just because of because the of the evade Daredevil? stuff of Daredevil. Well, so daredevils were easier to kill, in your opinion, which Spirit seems to disagree on. Why don't you guys hash uh, that out? So, I I did fight against daredevils. I didn't necessarily have a problem with them. Like, I agree. And, you know, we're going to get into that later, how the dodges. But um, the, the thing for me is that thieves were getting on the trebuchets with the stacking sigils. And every time... Almost 100% sure on this, not entirely. Uh, when they were killing 
the NPCs and players with the trebuchets, they would stack their stacking sigils to max almost instantly. Oh. And so then you had people running around with 25 stacks of bloodlust or whatever uh, have you, and they hit like trucks. The trebuchet is incredibly strong right now, and it it is very terrifying to see a thief with 25 stacks sitting on it because there's not much you can do unless you stealth in or you have a teleport up to get to them because they can treb you on the way up. And also quickness affects them while they're on the trebuchet, so they can hit you two or three times on the way up. That sounds scary. They're mean. Yeah, I don't I don't like it when people are on the trebuchet hitting me. I think that the easiest way to change that is just to make it where the trebuchets have like their own thing and don't take player stats into account. They need um that's true. They also need a slight a slightly bigger uh, minimum range so you can test it a little bit easier because if they mm. if they just tap it um they can hit real close to the trebuchet which is not um ideal. Mm. Okay. Well, that doesn't sound like there's too much more to talk about about that aside from general daredevil stuff that we'll get into later. Um Robin, you I, didn't get to play in the beta weekend, did you? Uh, very limited. I did try out the Herald, which I thought was cool. Um, I got to basically proc the skills um, each time, just once, and then see you know some of them flipped over, had new skills, saw the buffs. I imagine there's going to be some awesome ways to uh, combine that and figure out new builds. Um, but I got back into the, uh, not the Radiator, not the Reaper, the, the, the Necromancer one. Uh, the Reaper? The Reaper. Reaper. It's the Reaper. <laughs> and I liked that. I liked that, and it was fun. Also, I went back into the Tempest, just dabbled a little bit. I maybe had maybe an hour's worth of time to play with it, but I liked where it's going. I like the improvements that they made on the Reaper, like everyone else was saying. So Yeah, yeah. Um, I pretty much exclusively played Reaper and then did a bunch of exploring in the new area of the zone, um, which was pretty awesome. I really enjoyed exploring around there. I found a lot of really cool fairly hidden looking or really obscure places that you could only get to from like some pretty adventurous climbing and gliding and like i found um one of the one of the hub areas uh had a a downed airship like coming sticking out at the top of it and you could climb way up in there and then get up onto those big huge vines that go above the zone and then like glide from there into another wreckage piece which actually had a mastery point in it and then from there if you did some very well-timed gliding and then dropping gliding and re-gliding there was like a um zone portal that was like carved into the cliff face that there would be no way to get to unless you glided to it and i couldn't see anywhere else that was close enough or high enough to glide to it so i felt really impressed that I felt like I was way out there in terms of like what most people would think about finding, and I found a lot of really cool places that were locked off in the demo, but I got to them, and then basically it was like, okay, turn back now. Um, so I you found the raid entrance. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> it was cool. No, it was cool. And there was, uh, there was another one on the north side that was like this big, huge cliff face uh like temple looking thing that I think was just sealed off for the demo. It didn't have a portal, but I could imagine it having one. And uh, somebody else was talking about a hidden, um, like a hidden cave behind a waterfall that you had to glide into from this one place I was at. Anyway, all it was, it was pushing all the right buttons for the explorer side in me. So I'm super stoked 
for that stuff. Yeah, that was something I was able to do, because I never had the glider mastery unlocked before, and since beta characters carried over from the previous one, I was able to get enough to get that and glide a little, and I thought that was pretty cool. Did any of you find the blue Sura? Yes. Yeah, underneath uh, the... Yeah, underneath the place in the northeast. Okay. I never found it, but I kept seeing picture, uh, people taking pictures of themselves with it, so I thought that was quite funny. Oh, yeah, the there's... Um, over in the northeast of the map, there was a place that you, like, drop down, and then there was a bridge across to, like, a corrupted, sort of jungly, flowery-looking thing, and there was, like, a legendary boss that you could fight over there that was pretty tough, and there were a bunch of people fighting it. I... And the reason I found it is because I was on the quest to get all of the masteries in the world, which I think I did. Um, and there were actually quite a few, which was pretty cool. I think I got like 12 or 14. Um, and there was, there was one that I could see on my map over in that area, and I could not find it. And then I realized that you can actually like fall through some little like cracks over there, and then like the vines that hold it up you can get onto. I did a lot of like deep down under the map, but like still in standable places gliding around, and there was uh I believe there's a mastery point down there, and then standing by it was a an Asura model that was standing in like the neutral pose and he was just sort of floating in the air and was just completely blue and had no texture. It was like it like like we weren't supposed to find it, you know? Just like how they have staging assets. I assume yeah. that's what you meant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, so that was good. Also, uh, like Robin said, I thought the Reaper changes were great. They were, I mean, yeah, we pretty much talked about all the stuff that we thought Reaper needed to have done to it, and, um, it felt really good. So, thumbs up. Um, did anybody play the Berserker? I did briefly on Sunday. Mm -hmm. I think the best part of it was that... I ran it with both a power build and a condition build, and they both felt good. Ooh, yeah. Tell those... me about tell me about especially the condition build because I wanted well, to do it, but I didn't really have enough time to do burning, it. Burning burning builds are in such a good place; it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah. I did sword uh, torch with a uh, longbow, and like just the way you stack up the burning with your adrenaline skill and the torch skills are so meaty they feel powerful which it really matches the warrior and that's what i was worried about happening like it would be just kind of like oh i'm gonna put this on the ground it's gonna do a little bit of fire i'm i'm a ranger in heavy armor <laughs> but no that they, they feel like so yeah they feel visceral and solid yeah it's very satisfying yeah that's good as far as like damage output i i don't i didn't go through the trouble of like parsing combat load or whatever yeah but it felt like i was doing very close damage wise with the conditions compared to just a great sword thing going on which isn't even the highest like power build you can do so Kudos to that. And, and it, it's really not surprising considering that sword is already a great condition weapon. When you add burning on top of it, it's just... Ugh. Yeah. Um, yeah. What did you... What weapons and stuff did you use for your power build? A uh, great sword and, like, a rifle. Yeah, a rifle, because I found those dragons that fly above... 
and yeah. like do the whole fire thing. I was just like, I have to have a ranged weapon to deal with these things. Yeah, those things are murderous. Because <laughs> like, they're basically always in the air. Yeah. Um, I was using. I tried using axe for a while. Uh, axe main hand. And trying to see if I could stack the trait that improved your attack speed with axes and all that jazz with the inherent attack speed buff from, um, uh, no, Berserker. For some reason I could not come up with the name for a second. Uh, and it seemed pretty fun. It seemed pretty active, um, when I was using it, which I liked. I felt like I was really engaged in the fight and the mechanics. Um, I don't know. It was hard for me to get a handle on, like, uh, like how my DPS was compared to like normal warrior builds. So, mm-hmm. but it felt pretty good. And then I used a longbow, I think, just for that same. Like, I felt like I really needed a ranged option, like you said. Yeah, I have a feeling that going forward, having a melee and a weapon set for primarily melee characters is going to be a very, like, you probably want to do this. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, there was a lot of stuff that was quite punishing. Uh, did, which, which skills did you use from the, did you use any of the, <clears throat> the rages? Um, I was not a fan of the rage heal. I no. felt like it did not heal for enough, considering the damage output that you have, like, a full thousand blades as a berserker, maybe did, like, a fourth of my health. So yeah. I was just like, uh, no. I'll go with Defiant Stance or Healing Signet, depending on what I'm fighting. Yeah. Um, as far as the other three utilities, the, I don't know the name of them, the one that does the rock with the reflect Oh, yeah, yeah. Punch thing. a rock. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. used that one with the burning build. Uh-huh. The condition one, because it, like, did conditions and does bleeding and all that. So that was very useful. And then the other three I used with the power build. Um, the one that I swapped out was the stun break. Yeah, you weren't using that too much. Two. And then the elite, it was kind of... I like it, but... Especially because it has a local down. But at the same time, like the signet elite giving you adrenaline... It's just so great for Berserker. Mm-hmm. So I just, I could not give that up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did a lot. I mostly just used these. I actually kind of did the opposite. I actually did pretty much only the stun break and the elite for the new skills. Um, just because it, I, I feel like... And this is kind of true in Silver Waste as well, but I feel like so far from what we've seen in the Heart of Thorns betas, there's a lot less breather time, and I feel like I'm kind of constantly going from fight to fight. And so having that low cooldown, that low cooldown <clears throat> stun, and then immediately being able to stun break out of it and gain adrenaline mm-hmm. because it's a rage, um, felt pretty good. And being able to just have that stun on a stick for creatures that had the Defiant Bar or the Break Bar or whatever. Um, yeah. I was having a lot of fun with that. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty solid. I think I'm gonna do it quite a bit on my warrior, if for no other reason than because it feels different. Like it. I don't know if it's better, but it sure felt active and fun. So, at the very least, it's got that going for it. Um, looking ahead, more than likely, 
I probably won't be using the rage skills all too much, like, as a constant, but they are very good situationally. Like, if yeah. you need good CC, Wild Blow will be intensely great. And if yeah. you need mobility, there's Sundering Leap. If you need stun breaks, Outrage, like, the only stun break that comes even close to Outrage is a Daredevil one. So, and then Shattering Blow, like, I have a feeling that there's going to be at least one, like, major fight where there's going to be, like, a round of projectiles that just get volleyed at you all at once. And Shattering Blow is going to be very nice for that. Yeah. Yeah. What what trait line did you find yourself giving up for Berserker? Or wh- which other trait lines did you use with it, I guess? You might phrase it that for way. For the um, condition build, I used Arms, because Arms is, like, the condition one. Yeah. And Tactics to kind of buff up the Longbow and give it burning and uh, the Grandmaster for burst skills. For the power build, I used the, um, I can't remember the name of it, the one that has the dodge on damage trait, the the old power trait line. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, it's not discipline, is it? No, the other one I used was discipline. Yeah, okay. Um. (laughs) I don't remember the trait line names, I know what they do, I just don't remember their names. Yeah. Um, I don't main a warrior, so it's kind of showing right now. <laughs> yeah, warrior's one that I is like my old, like old trusty, but not one that I like actively play a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, did did uh, Raven, Did you get a chance to look at the look at the berserker much, or did you do you have any thoughts on it since you haven't been on the show in a while? Um, I actually didn't get a chance to roll berserker. Wish I had because I wanted to try um stacking burning, but it sounds like uh, it was successful, so that makes me glad. Strength. It's called strength. Oh my god! <laughs> so generic. <laughs> I, I knew it was some generic name like that. Like hurtfulness. Like, <laughs> the hurtfulness trait line. That should be a mesmer trait line. Like hurtful. It should be. Awesome. And the specialization when it got buffed to be the mind hurtfulness. <laughs> Spirit, did you have any interactions with um, berserkers when you were in PvP in Stronghold? Actually, no. Not that I can remember. I played a, lo- a lot. I played maybe 15 games. I don't think I saw a single Berserker. I saw one, and it was a Berserker trying to bring back Hambo. And he was wrecking <laughs> face. Because burning on a hammer is just mean. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, and I, I mean, I can definitely see a CC-oriented damage build with with that elite and some of the combination of the physical skills and or wild like you could have a buttload of cc without using a cc weapon which is great because that means you can have either even more cc with a cc weapon or you can have just a lot of damage i am so glad i was not fighting against this dude he was on my team and like he would sundering leap into a team fight and immediately like go around to the edge of it and like aim himself and wild blow into it and just knock everyone back. It was hilarious. That's awesome. And then he'd hammer them all in the face at once and it was just glorious. Yeah. Um Yeah. Oh, I wanted to add one last note, because I think we're pretty much done talking about everything other than Daredevil, unless Rappin had something that he didn't put in the show notes, but uh, so I actually wanted to talk a little bit about the Herald because that was the time that was the thing I spent um, the most time on this weekend in particular. 
Uh, I have previously been very critical of The Revenant and said that there's not really anything that draws me to it. And then when the, the Herald was revealed, I was worried that it was going to step on the Guardian's toes. Um, I'm happy to say on both accounts that I am wrong, you know? <laughs> Uh, I, I'm glad the, the Herald has finally pulled me into The Revenant, um, with something that is appealing to my playstyle, um, especially when mixed in conjunction with the, the other options The Revenant offers. Um, the, the shield is okay. I kind of like the, the heal on it, but I don't feel like it's strong enough to really be great yet. I don't know how I feel about the shield. Uh, but I love the the flavor of the herald with the glint skills and the um and the, the very supporting yeah it's so good but also the 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 supporty playstyle a lot of people have been calling it uh gildor's gildor's 2's first true support class and i don't know that i agree with that uh but it is it's very good support um and the trait lines um synergize pretty well with um the the other trait lines something i noticed is it was really hard to come up with a build just because of the way revenant is it was hard to come up with a build um where the other trait lines or you had limited choices right because you would you would have the herald and then you would have your other one so let's say it was jealous so you go into the Jalus trait line, and it's got, if you're using a hammer, you get such and such. If you're using Jalus skills, you get such and such. But you're not using the hammer, you're not using Jalus skills, because you want to be using the Herald. So the actual number of traits you have that synergize across multiple um, classes is relatively limited. Or not that, classes, but multiple legends. Is that because of, we sort of said that it seemed like in a lot of cases you would sort of pick your, like, quote-unquote main legend, and then you would mostly stay in that for the benefits associated with it? Like, is that, do you yeah. think that's sort of a general... I like, think it's going to with... two directions. There's going to be the builds are like, oh, these are my two legends. I'm going to swap between them a lot. So here's inv Invocation. And then there's going to be like, this is my main legend, and my other two things are just going to like buff that up as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say it's harder to do a main legend with Herald than it is with a normal Revenant, um, because the existing traits that aren't tied to a weapon or a specific legend don't necessarily synergize with the Glint legend. Um, in regards to the skills themselves... Uh, first of all, very cool flavor detail. If you don't have your sound on, turn it up. Because if you're playing a Herald, uh, while you are channeling it, there, there are glyphs you have, and you can turn them on, and they have a passive energy degen. Um, but while those are active, it actually plays the chord progression from Crystal Desert and Glenslayer. Oh, that, that is, so cool. is awesome! It it sounds <laughs> really nice. Like it, it just sounds really good. And Did I, I hear that it's that a goes great. Sorry, go. Uh, I was just gonna say, did I hear somewhere that that is on the actual uh, like instrument track in terms of your audio settings? Uh, it's I believe it's split across effects and player instrument volume. Okay. Yeah, just so just you, as a little yeah. like tidbit, like if you have one muted, that might be a problem for that. Yeah. Yeah. Which really means that the name Harold was just incorrect and it should have been barred. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. 
Anyway, um, continue. In regards to the skills themselves, uh, they're pretty, they're good. Like, you can maintain permanent buffs on your group, several permanent buffs, uh, and you can put a lot of buffs on them if you don't want them to be permanent. Um, the problem that I foresee, the my worry about Harold, is that um, you can stack 12 stacks of might on your entire group passively, which is wow. silly. Uh, also, Pyramid of Fury. So you can have those 12 stacks of might, not just that, but you can choose um, Perma Fury, Perma Protection, Perma Regen, or Perma 50% Boon Duration on top of that. Um, and that's without losing ener- any energy. You still have one positive pip of energy with the two of those buffs on. Wow. I think um, it's balanced out that way because with that one pip of energy, you're not really going to be able to use most of your weapon skills like all that much. That That so is very true. It slows um, you down a lot. It does, yep. You are giving up a lot to do it. Um, but my worry is with buffs that strong, um, you're not going to be making use of the Herald's active skills a lot. You're just going to be trying to keep the passive skills. Uh, you're going to trigger the the active when you really just need your energy regen back. And <laughs> then the rest of the time, you're just going to be passively buffing your group. Which, I mean, I guess is an okay play style. Like, that, that was just something that... Um, uh, ground my gears a little bit is that um there are all these opportunities for good play but if the passive play is too rewarding then why would you ever you know try and frantically activate all those actives or pull up these really cool combos when just you're passively awesome and it's not necessarily uh an awful thing right because there are classes especially in like guild wars 2 has a lot of classes with different skill floors and skill ceilings um, and it's not bad that there are classes that can be effective without putting a lot of work into them. It's just that I feel like where it is now, the Herald is a little too effective for the amount of work you put in. Because uh, I, don't, I don't have any problem with that difference. But then the classes that you do put a lot of work in, you burn a lot of skills to stack a lot of might. Why would you ever play one of those when you can just passively have might? So I think it's going to be a situation where that whole passive playstyle isn't going to be as good solo. It's going to be really interesting in the team and in, like, Heart of Thorns content and PvP. What we're probably going to end up seeing is Heralds having their, quote, main legend and they'll, like, blow through it like do as much as they can like with Shiro and just unloading everything as possible and then swapping to Harold or Glint and then buffing up their team during their downtime mm-hmm. and it's just going to be a cycle of back and forth and I think that that's going to end up being the quote quote optimal way of playing a Harold yeah I yeah, mean I think I like the... go mm-hmm. ahead uh, I think Heart of Thorns PvE has a good potential, especially raids, um, for some good synergy with the Herald and other professions, especially with their like their fifty percent boon duration. 
Like, if you get a, a support herald and a support guardian together, that I would wager that that's probably better than two support guardians, right? So there's some interesting class synergy there that I really like the potential of. Yeah, so, I mean, I think you brought up a few really good points um, with regard to, say, the skill floor versus reward, and also just in terms of complexity. Like, there are definitely some players that are not only happy, but prefer a class that is, like, easy and doesn't, like, easy, but is is where you're focusing more on, like, your positioning and things like that, as opposed to, like, your skill rotation, um, so mm-hmm. that definitely like appeals to certain players more, and so and 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 others less. And I think that that's good to have. But when you your your question of, you know, why why would I do this big skill rotation to basically have the same effect that this other class has passively? I would say that the answer to that may be one of two things. First, it may be that your skill rotation may also provide you with a different set of tools whereas like like more say damaging tools or more controlling tools whereas the herald does not necessarily have those because those passive buffs are strong but also that's kind of all you do and the other answer might be maybe you don't if you have a herald with you and instead you like offload all those things that would have been stacking miter protection into doing something even more proactively powerful because somebody else is covering that all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Let's like just take Elementalist Might Stacking as an example. If the Elementalist is focused on Might Stacking, then that's what they do. They do decent damage while they do it, but that's their general idea. If someone else is like covering the Might Stacking, there is another rotation that does more damage. Yeah. Or maybe just has completely different effects in general. Like you could just, yeah. I mean, so that that gets a little bit more towards um, team comp building and those types of things rather than what I feel like a lot of the time in Guild Wars 2 is you frequently are, with the exception of very high-level fractals, sort of playing as five individuals a lot of the time if you are in a group, and you kind of just bring whatever. But I think that with a lot of these elite specializations and the difficulty of the content in Heart of Thorns... Uh, it's gonna it's gonna require you to actually coordinate your builds a little bit more with your party because you don't want to have too much overlap, or you may want to take advantage of something crazy that your specialization can now do. Um, but I see that as a mostly a positive thing, as opposed to like you you could look at it as a negative of like it is bad for us to double up on these things, and so we have to change. But I look at it more of as a as a positive because it like enables you to have more coordinated builds and that's something i really miss from Mm -hmm. guild wars one is like making a team build which i mean there's no reason to have a party that can consistently keep up 40 stacks of might so that Mm kind of goes into that idea yeah anyway um did you have any other thoughts on the on the Herald? I actually, you've actually kind of really excited me to try it out too. I didn't really have time to play more than just Reaper, so I didn't get a chance to do much else during the beta weekend. So, uh, I'm, I'm I kind I of really enjoyed it combined with Shiro, and um, I played it with Shiro, Invocation, and um, the Herald line for Dwint. And like I said, the way I played it was unload with Shiro go into Herald and kind of break off all the passives 
until my energy ran out and then just like kind of blow up what I needed and then go back into Shiro. Um, I will say that the whole like when you swap legends they go on cooldown thing out of combat I'm not exactly sure what they were trying to do with that but last beta as in the one before this last one um, I was able to use impossible odds to like go ridiculously fast across the map by just swapping legends and repopping impossible odds. You can still do that. You just have to re-equip Shiro after you swap. <laughs> so, not really sure what the point of that was. Or maybe they didn't think, oh hey, we should probably make it where if it's on cooldown you can't swap legends that are equipped in which case if that's your goal then then do that um but yeah it's still fun having super speed basically 100 percent of the time while you're out of combat <laughs> um i wanted to do a shout out to swordmaster farron because we were, we were only talking about that in the pre-show right yeah yeah um swordmaster farron was like the funniest thing that i found in <laughs> in the beta uh Lord Farron is trying to rally a group of nobles that he convinced to go into the jungle with the packed fleet just to like gloriously watch the fleet take down Mordremoth, which they spectacularly failed at, as we know. And he's trying to become a swordsman, and he runs around in his uh, speedo with the wine bottle or booze bottle skin on a uh, focus, and then his... Is that one called Courage? Maybe, yeah. Um, and then a his his rapier skin, and so he's just running around the jungle in underwear and nothing else with a rapier and a bottle of booze and just like shouting at enemies and killing them and it is delightfully funny. Um, so, you know, hats this off. just proves to me I I am convinced that the first legendary armor pants will be fair and speed up. <laughs> God, that would be great. Um, See, I think he's just uh, hearkening back to uh, naked uh, um, Fisher of Will runs. <laughs> he's just, uh, yeah. I mean, naked, naked dance party. Uh, yeah, naked Fisher of Will, naked underworld. You know, that was a thing. Yeah, he's kind of a great mascot because he's like so obviously ridiculous and satirical, and like. You can't take him seriously, which is great. I fully expect in the next zone to like continue the story of Heart of Thorns. Instead of him being in a speedo, he's going to be in a loincloth, and he's literally going to turn into Jungle Farron. Oh, jungle Farron, dude, that would be great. Like Farron <laughs> of the Jungle, like that'd be. That'd be and great. then he gets cast out of the nobles because he's so savage. But whatever. And they like change his haircut so he has that like one of the ones from uh, the style kit. That's like really long on top and shaved on the sides. <laughs> so basically, he kind of has a mohawk. Well, yeah, it, that's awesome. And they could like th throw in maybe some like fake Norn tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> They're obviously you know scribbled on by flower petals by himself. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to talk to Loremaster K because she has a special place for Farron in her heart. So I'm sure she can pitch something. Um, 
So yeah, uh, without further ado, I think it's time to talk about the Daredevil, because we have both of our Thief main players here, and they care. So take it away, <laughs> you two. I'll let when you start. start no, I talked about it last week. No, you... Oh, <laughs> uh, the thing is, I really don't know where to start. Jesus. Um, I think the thing that everyone saw was the Dodges. Talk about the Dodges. I mean, even I rolled a Daredevil and thought, there's something off. Then I looked at the show notes, I'm like, oh yeah, Evie understands it. Okay. So, this is probably the biggest issue with Daredevils just overall. The Dodges feel clunky. And that's, like, the resounding statement of everyone that played them. I think, slash no, that the reason why they feel so clunky is because there is a cast delay and an aftercast to them. Because they're basically skills. And I had this theory, and I went to test it, I had a friend daze me, and I couldn't dodge. So they literally are skills. That is kind of a problem. <laughs> um, while playing the Daredevil, I found that while using any one of the GM traits, well, maybe not so much the dash, but that's because it's the mobility one, that it was actually faster for me to walk than it was for me to dodge a distance, which is not true of actual dodge. So it definitely should not be true for a Grandmaster dodge. <laughs> yeah, a class that's ostensibly, or a it, specialization that's ostensibly ba- like based around the idea of dodging a lot should not be disincentivized from dodging. Exactly, and for a Daredevil to be the, like, I, I think they're going for the whole reactive brawler thing. I hope that's what they're going for, because that's where most of the things are pointing to. For that to be a thing... You have to be able to mechanically react. Right now, you can't really do that. You see a telegraph, and you have basically the choice of walking out of it. Because if you try to dodge it, you probably won't make it. See, I noticed yeah. that too. And you can do that mechanically better with a great sword ranger, or even a sword ranger with sword B, or a great sword, um, what, the block or the uh, swoop. Mm-hmm. Ex- exactly. Um, the big, the biggest issue I have with the Grandmaster trait as it is right now is that it feels like a downgrade when you take it. And it, for the purpose of actually dodging and movement and all of that, it is a downgrade. The only upgrade you get out of it is that your dodge will either take off cripple or whatever or do damage in a certain way. And overall, that's not worth it. So I eventually ended up like taking Daredevil off of my specialization thing and then switching back to it without taking a Grandmaster. And that was much better. Which that statement is pretty much all you need to say to yeah. show you how big of a problem there is. Mm-hmm. Like it- You should never be better off by not taking traits at all. Yeah, exactly. and it unfortunately it only compounds with latency. Um, oh God! Uh, for us, it was a lot of rubber banding, and the the aftercast on the dodge is miserable. So um, it it really needs to be tightened up. It's the the potential is definitely there. Um, I really like what I'm seeing with all the skills and with what the dodges actually what they're supposed to do. Um, the 
the execution needs to be tightened up, and I think once that's there, it'll be in a much better place. I heard the animations were kind of weird, though, for the staff. They Ooh. are also kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, the... Uh, I don't have a problem with, with magic caster people spinning staves without holding them, but for a thief who's supposed to be using it as a martial weapon, if yeah. my staff is spinning and hurting things while I'm turning and my hands are not on it, that grinds my gears. It, yeah, they need to use a different revenant. Like, there's a revenant world that is much more martial, and they ended up taking the char one instead, and just giving it to the devil. Just, just take one of the other animations, please. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, the thief is not really entirely martial. Like, you're very shadow magic-y, like, everything with your short bow and everything with, like, half of your utility skills. Like That is... That is that reasonably is true. You are not non-magical by any means. But the magic yeah, but... of the thief is enhancing physicality. I agree. And it's it's like movement things. It's not like actually like, oh, let me float this stick in front of me. Enhancing physicality true. is not telekinetics. I, yeah. I mean, I suppose. Um, it's not like the warrior, though. Like, the warrior has nothing resembling magic. Like, the thief has actually quite a bit of like magic of some form. Mm-hmm. It's a different kind of magic, but... Unless the techno mage and they're fooling you, Grybok. <laughs> oh my god! Crap. Uh, before we move on to the staff, because I am a adamant person of giving constructive feedback, and I think everyone should do it in a cordial and constructive quote quote manner. I think that in order to fi- fix the GM dodges, that first and foremost the skill tag needs to be taken off of them. Yeah. Um. Because that just causes way too many problems. They need to not have a cast delay. And the aftercast needs to be negligible, if not non-existent. If that gets fixed, then I really don't see a problem with them. Moving on to <laughs> the staff. I'm really taking my role of not talking about Thief seriously. <laughs> <laughs> this is all up to you guys. You can talk about it as much as you want. Um, I personally was not too impressed with the staff. What did you think, Spirit, before I rail into it? Um, it's... Okay. I liked some of the things. Vault was fun to play with for a while. I think that also suffers from some latency issues, and it also needs to be nerfed slightly in initiative cost, because if you start using Vault, then your initiative pool is just gone. Um, I didn't like the auto-attack because of the animation, but I didn't really have any other major gripes with it. It doesn't seem like it does... It's not going to replace any of my damage weapons, I'll tell you that much. It's not going to replace my dagger, it's not going to replace my sword. So I don't know exactly where it's going to fall in um, in PvE for for usefulness. I don't, I don't know what the niche, is, the niche is for its utility right now. Does it have CC on it? It has weakness. It Other has than knockdown. Yeah, it's got it's. Wait, yeah, no, no, it is a knockdown because I remember thinking the uh, that's is a one of the skill, first. Though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, this that's just might be first my knockdown. Might be my own perception, have. but coming from a shadow arts ninja warrior perspective, you'd think that a staff would be kind of a melee CC thing. You're hitting people, you're dazing them, so you know your mage can maybe blast them all. I don't know. Yeah, I was expecting part of it that, is, but... Part of it is, um, 
thieves, you have to be really, really careful with what you put on thief weapons because all of the skills are spammable. So if you put one hard CC extent. on it, you have to expect that it's going to be used three or four times in a row. Mm-hmm. And it also seems like it could be potentially challenging for balancing that in PvE, like in the other direction, where if you're focused around CC, like it's it could be great for defiance bars, but if it's not going to cut it, then you're, I mean, if it has strong CC, it's going to do a lot less damage, and thieves doing not very much damage in melee is um, something that I see being a problem. Yes. Yep. So... I I like the whole soft CC thing. That really works for Thief in general. Don't break it if it ain't broke. Um, with that said, the staff doesn't really provide anything other than Vault in particular that cannot be obtained somewhere else. And depending on why you're using Vault, there's still another weapon that's better than it. So, like, it literally has no niche. Which is kind of a problem because with Thieves in particular, every weapon set has a niche. Even if it's a crappy niche, it still has one. So the fact that staff doesn't really stick out in any way just kind of means that it's not going to get used. Um, as far as like the auto attack, the and I'm, I'm not thinking of the animation here even though the, the, the third one was just, just why... The first two strikes are meh. The third one, the one with the horrible animation, that vulnerability is actually really nice. And that is something that I'm glad was actually put on the thief weapon. I'm just really sad that there's nothing else on the weapon to really utilize that vulnerability in a really effective manner. I would say, yeah, I would say that comes in from... Uh, vault, and then you're expected to have a utility skill that can follow up on the vulnerability. But yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, it's worth saying though that I did I did have fun with it. It just it needs to find um, a niche of some sort, and I'm just not mm-hmm. seeing it particularly fill one right now. Other than it's a it is an AOE melee weapon, which we didn't have before. Well, no, no, no. Does it hit five targets? Because sword hits three. So I might be eating my own words on that immediately. I did not ever fight more than three targets because that is just so ingrained in my head as a thief. Probably because like fighting more than three targets is a death sentence. Yeah, that's true, especially <laughs> in the with the new uh, PVE mobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't, Do I, don't, I, don't, I don't really have a good answer. Is there a two-handed that weapon that doesn't cleave five? What? Yeah. Is there a two-handed weapon? There is. I think. I need to check on that, but I'm pretty sure some hammers and some great swords are only three. Hmm, okay. Well, moving along with the staff, the two is potentially very great. Like, the actual skill itself is pretty much spot on. It's just, like, some buggy mechanic things, which I'm not surprised with because this is, these are bugs that happened with Heartseeker as well. Um, there's an issue with like you can only go so far depending on how like what level your camera is behind your character and you will always charge in the direction your character is facing not towards your target or where your camera is facing which i really think that should go towards your target other than that 
uh, I think it's potentially going to be a great skill. It's probably going to be the like, oh hey, I need to like dump a bunch of damage in a like sustained way, and that'll be a great way to do it. Especially if they get the whole like targeting thing down. Uh, my only other gripe with it is that it feels a little bit slow, and this is kind of a theme with everything on the staff and Daredevil in general, where cast times are just teensy bit too long. And it might be because of precasts, it might be because of after aftercasts. But, like, a little bit of the fluidity that you're used to as a thief isn't really there as a daredevil, which is kind of problematic considering it's supposed to be a reactive class. Well, not to mention, too, like, the the mobs and everything in Heart of Thorns are mm -hmm. a lot harder hitting, and, like, every every nanosecond counts a lot of the time in terms of, like, whether you can get away with doing something or not. Oh. And it's funny you mention that because on a whim, I decided to try the Daredevil in Ore to see mm -hmm. if I would still have as much trouble surviving, mm -hmm. and I actually didn't. Yeah. I mean, I know definitely on, on, you know, on existing classes, just using regular builds that I'm very comfortable with, um, it is noticeably harder, like not even talking about beta changes. It is, mm -hmm. there's, it is, it is a lot harder to survive especially if you're doing like i was actually having a, a difficult time a lot of the time just soloing around with a great sword warrior because like you just don't have time to stand still like that and combining that with the number of things that have melee hate um you know like being locked in place for great sword 2 was kind of kind of harsh so yeah did you guys ever find one of those one of those things that you can't hit when it has its aoe around it Oh god, the smoke, smoke scales. scales. Yeah, the smoke uh, scales. Those things were awful. Dude, they, 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 they need were a only, slight nerf. They were only awful when there were other people around. <laughs> yeah, like, well, if people like just kept fighting them on the smoke ring, but also their smoke ring cast just needs like a slight yeah, bigger cooldown, because as soon as you pull them out, they get right back to it. Because mm -hmm. let me tell you, it was a nightmare trying to do it with a greatsword on a necro. Yeah. Or if there's more than one of them, oh my uh, god. Yeah, and the fact that you can never rally off of them, because, like, they'll just get on your face and then drop their thing, and you're like, well, uh, <laughs> I can't do anything, I'm just gonna sit here and die. Smoke scales, rage-inducing. Super rage-inducing. Yeah, that, that smoke thing for them needs to be nerfed a bit, because, like, while it is a, quote, difficulty ramp, it's, and I hate to say it this way, it's bad difficulty because it's something you can't deal with yeah there's no it's not like it's not like they're immune to or like if you could condition damage them or if you could cc them but not damage them or something like that but the fact that they usually go from invincible and then they do their like three little teleport jump thing which frequently makes your attacks miss also and then you only have like a couple seconds before they get their next smoke field up and god help you if it's a veteran uh yeah, it's there is not much time to actually attack them, especially as a melee character, and it's yeah, it's you know pretty. Rough. I hope they don't make the, don't nerf them too much. I'd be glad if you know you couldn't solo them if you had to have an ally to help kill them. I think that'd be a good place for them to be, in my opinion. Um, Depends yeah. on how frequently you run into them. <laughs> there is yeah. that, and I would say that that's good if they're tied to an event. If they're just random mobs in the world that are just like, hey, I'm going to be on this side of the road, and you need to fight me in order to get to a waypoint, and there's like ten of us in the way, then not so much. Yeah. 
Yeah, if there's 10 of them, yeah. But if they leave a couple here and there where you just know not to go there unless you've got help, I mean, it, it kind of adds some danger to the jungle, like a real wild place. You just don't walk into a bear's den. I mean, I walk into bear's dens in Queensdale all the time. But no, uh, <laughs> I, I do know what you mean, although I do feel that that is, it's one thing when something is a brand new launch and you're guaranteed to have a lot of people there, so gathering help is not a challenge. But mm-hmm. that can be a big problem, like, six months down the line if people have moved on to other places. Like, it is frustrating to just have areas that you just can't go to because, like, nobody's around. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Like, it depends. It depends on how, like, specific of an area it is, you know? Oh, there's, I there's forgot to mention. going to be all over our guild halls. We're going to have to clear, like, <laughs> hundreds of them out. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, God. Um, before we continue, I forgot to mention, when I went back to Ord with my Daredevil, I was not using the Grandmaster dodges. I was still using my regular dodge, and that let me avoid things. If I was using, actually, I did use the Grandmaster dodges, and I still was not able to avoid stuff in Ord. Because I know someone would be like, well, you just survived better because you know Ord, and blah, 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 blah. No. Gonna nip that in the bud now. <laughs> Yeah, I hardly spend any time in ore, actually, as it turns out. <laughs> Do you guys want an interesting insight into how my brain works? Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. So randomly, as you were talking that about uh, Daredevil and stuff, um, the uh, fair and hitting people with alcohol popped into my head again, and I briefly wondered if you hit someone with a bottle of alcohol, whether the person who is hit becomes bamboozled. God. Anyway, we can move on now. You're just really impressed with that. So the that staff I, sh- I am. I really like that. <laughs> so the staff three skill was uh, a thing. What do you think about that spirit? Uh, remind me what the three does. It's it's the backward. It's short bow three and a melee weapon. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of liked that I could position myself with it, but I didn't often because I also felt like I didn't have a lot of control over it. I don't know. Like it I don't know. I I didn't use it very often. I just haven't really found a good like a good way to work that into my fighting yet. It was incredibly situational to say the least. Not that I, I think incredibly situational is necessarily bad on with the initiative system, like because no, but not at all. yeah, I don't know. It seemed um, a little sketchy. Again, the cast time on on it is a bit eh. with the short bow. That cast time works because it's a ranged weapon. Yeah, with the staff, it needs to activate faster because you're in the thick of it and in melee. So yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Other than it could probably do better as a leap and if that seems kind of obnoxious because there would be two leaps on one weapon just wait until what i have to say about five <laughs> and i evolved <laughs> and you will wait because we're going to talk about four next <laughs> <laughs> um so how about that number four okay hmm? that's the weakness one right that's the blind one uh yeah the the dust kicking one yep i i do like that one that is a useful thing to have really um, yeah i do like it i i think it i liked um so this is just you know kind of just a flavor thing 
But I like jumping back with the three, uh, hitting the, the blind to stop the attack, and then jumping forward with vault. I don't know that it's entirely a practical uh, chain of skills, but I, I enjoyed the the leaping around with it. See, I wasn't too much of a fan of the four. I like the range on it, potential range on it, though I find it's a bit strange to have such a long-range attack on a melee weapon. Anyways, I got frustrated more times than not with the cast time, though, because blind is kind of a reactive thing. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, that was definitely a, a thing that's holding it back, is you can't... If the ability does not cast before the enemy's ability is identified and also cast, then it is a not useful defense at all. Mm-hmm. Um, again, with the constructive feedback bit, I really think that it should be much faster to cast, and in order to kind of balance the whole, like, range-distance thing, make it a cascading skill. Just like all the wonderful cascading skills that use that tech now that exists for other specs. Including, I think, the Elementalist has one. So, dude, you've you've made a skill that works that way. Do Just do another one. <laughs> As for the fifth skill, I have a feeling Spirit really enjoyed it. I did. And can you explain why? Uh, because you fly up in the air and go whoosh, 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 smashy, whoosh, smashy. <laughs> and then that is a really, it, it appeals to me on a spiritual level, if you will. Now, I, <laughs> like, like I said earlier, uh, it needs a slight nerf in, um, in initiative. I think it was six. It costs six initiative. It hits really hard and it's a cool, uh, it is a, a visually cool skill. It hits that kind of, like, the visceral feeling, like we talked about with the Berserker a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it just it's just a slight slight tweak. It's just I I feel like across the board that's like the uh for the most part with Daredevil uh dodge is notwithstanding just slight slight it's like oh, it's almost there but it just it just needed the the beta weekend for feedback and that's what you know it was there for um no no hard feelings at all about the dare the commander uh the Daredevil <laughs> because it uh it just needed a beta and. That's fine. I'm looking forward to playing it next time. You were channeling your inner Elmer Fudd there. A da- <laughs> da- 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 daredevil. <laughs> That's Porky Pig. Oh, you're right. Sorry. Well, you know, they're... How could you? I think we just dated ourselves, Grabok. Uh... Gotta kill some Mordrum. Be very, very quiet. Very quiet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right. I'm Mordrum. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ashamed. I'm just gonna edit that out. No, I <laughs> <laughs> Behold the power of the editor. No one will know his his mistakes of pop culture references from the long ago. Well, as far as my opinion on yet another leap for thieves, <laughs> um, part of this is because I am comparing the staff to every other weapon. As far as the movement of Vault, which I'm getting the idea is kind of part of the purpose of having Vault on the staff, Sharpo does that better. And as far as the damage goes, it's really not enough damage to justify the 6 initiative cost, especially considering the travel time of Vault. Um, I know they mentioned in the POI, yes, POI, that they were going to reduce the initiative to 5, but even then it's still kind of like, 
That's a lot of initiative for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just, it feels kind of slow. It does feel visceral, which I applaud them for, because that's something that, well, excuse me, it's something that thieves see at least once with every weapon set, not like every single attack. So I'm glad they caught one, you know, big skill or the staff that feels really nice in that way. Um, as far as what I would personally do with it, um, because the staff is kind of a no-niche weapon right now, um, I mentioned earlier that I would like to see the three be a leap. I would actually really like to see this be a blast finisher. And on top of that, either make it much faster with the five initiative cost, or either keep it the same speed, make it slightly slower, but add evade frames to it while you're in the air and moving to make it much more what I think would be daredevilly, i.e. the evading class, and that would really justify the high initiative cost. Yep, I can get behind that. And that would cement the staff as the finisher weapon, because it'll have, like, one of everything. Well, except for projectile. Well, they could turn the four into a projectile. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> what did you think of the heel spirit? I didn't touch the heel. I, I don't even remember what it does. I just I looked at it and I went, uh, no. And then I put it away. Uh, I have a feeling that most people felt that way. I Is that the, no, that's the warrior one that did healed you for like percentage of your crit damage or something. Yeah, well, it healed you, and if you crit, it healed you for a little bit more. Okay. Um, no, this one was basically thief ether renewal, which really says how much it gets ether used. Renewal. <laughs> I was just thinking that, but I figured that I would leave it. <laughs> what? The, like thiefer renewal. <laughs> thiefer renewal. <laughs> or thiefer. Thetha Renewal. <laughs> Please talk about it while I have a coughing fit, Mommy. <laughs> <laughs> I remember what it does. It's just, it, it was bad. But their other utilities were pretty interesting. Uh, I like the one that you you equip the the daggers, and then you have... Um, it costs. There's a small like cast time to equip them, but once you have them, you can throw out like three or four daggers that interrupt, uh, which is... Oddly like a mantra for a physical skill. Yeah, it's um, like a mantra but not as good. Yeah, I don't know. I I like the the concept. I haven't I have not I personally have not uh really delved into interrupt builds at all in Guild Wars 2. It's just not something that I have ever tried to do or ever really cared to do. Um See, I so think I don't know how you should reverse there. it. If it's a mantra, instead of having a channel time, it should have a, just a cooldown time. Because if you're a ninja, you've got mm -hmm. these, these knives ready, and you just throw them, so you have three charges, and then it's got a cooldown. I completely well, agree. Because I mean, isn't that basically like a regular That's what it is, isn't it? No, like it has you... the long cast time to equip them, and then you get to use daggers. But So it's a mantra. Well, the thing yeah. that I was seeing... So instead of a mantra, make it, I don't know, Well, the thing with mantras is when you cast it, you can hold the charges as long as you want. Yes. You can't do that oh, with the there's a limited daggers. time on that. Okay. Yeah, and that's, that's the com that's the complaint I was seeing was that the the amount of time you could hold them relative to the cast time made it 
like you couldn't use it like a mantra where you got it ready pre-fight because the time was short enough that it meant that you had to blow them basically as soon as the fight started if you did pre-cast it gotcha. and it was har- a lot harder to use mid-fight but just Lame, is there is there any i mean do you think they thought it would be too powerful if you could just mantra them up and hold them i mean with interrupts probably hmm. like well there's a interrupt mantra so i mean what's the yeah. difference I don't know. Yeah. Like I don't like I don't, I don't have the answers to this. I, you know, I'm not. Because is it. more bursty. Like I don't know. You have to look at it with the. Rest I don't know. It can be pretty bursty. It's I true. was gonna That's say, true. have you PvP lately? Because they uh, <laughs> yeah. appear and then you disappear, and not in the good way, like you want. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The, this skill honestly just confused me because I didn't know what they wanted to do with this. If if it's supposed to be like, oh, I'm gonna plan for the fight because like ninja poisoning like having the right equipment and things then they they failed in that regard because it's not a mantra if it's supposed to be like oh i see this happening i want to react to it and distract like not distract the interrupt the enemy then it failed there too because of the long cast time so yeah (laughs) um hmm. uh constructive criticism If the idea is to have it be, like, a pre-planned thing, then just make it like a mantra. If the plan is for it to be reactive, then get rid of the cast time. And if that's a little too broken, then get rid of a charge. Make it two of them. Now, as far as interesting ideas, I would really like to see them make it where each individual dagger is its own cooldown charge, and they recharge independently. That might be a little bit too strong, too, depending on what the recharge is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I was thinking, like, sort of a combination of what uh, Vraven was saying about having it, you just use the skill and then it recharges when you use the last one. You could have it be kind of like a limited time uh, chain skill where, like, you use the first one and then you have, you know, 10 seconds to use the rest of them and then it will go on cooldown regardless of whether or not you used them. Or something like that would be like kind of a compromise that would be. Mm-hmm. Or maybe know. if you successfully interrupt, it prolongs the skill Ooh. to reward you know good and accurate play. Yeah, maybe. It, if if you actually interrupt something, it that only that specific dagger goes on cooldown and does the charge thing. If you don't interrupt something, then you have like so much time to use the other two. It makes mm. me think of Heimerdinger's turrets in League of Legends. Hmm. I think it's funny. No, I like that analogy, but I think it's funny that uh, how often we've been comparing uh, the elite specs to different um, League of Legends characters. I don't play League, so sorry about How it. often has that been? <laughs> I'm falling a little bit. Um, we compared Ventari to Orianna's orb, oh, with, that's uh, moving that around in support. Um, and I know there's several other ones, but they're not uh, Harold, we compared to Sona. Oh, um, that's true. Yeah, no, they're not coming to mind right now, but I know I've. It's a theme that's come up many times as the specializations have been revealed. I think that's a good thing. I think um, a lot of games would I do agree. well to draw um, inspiration from League of Legends because they have a real solid um, tool set on most of their champions. Yeah. Um. Okay. <laughs> I'm really out of the loop on this one because I don't play League. <laughs> so, moving on to other utilities. What did you think of the stun break and block? 
Yeah. That was OP as crap in PvP. Get that get that out of here. That has like an eight second cooldown. It's ridiculous. I actually think it's kind of balanced because in order to actually use a stun break, you go into the staying still block thing, which can be exploited. It can like, be exploited. How is that balanced? What? No, by the enemy, as in counterplay. Oh, okay. You just yeah, I don't know. I think it them. was just it was at that point with a cooldown that low though in PvP. That's it, it's at that point uh, less skill based and more spammy. Like you just always put it on cooldown because it's going to be up the next time you need it. Like well, it's then the same thing can be said the, for the warrior stun break. Uh, no, the warrior stun break is twenty seconds, isn't it? Ten it's seconds. 10. No, ten seconds. One. The rage one is ten seconds. Which right. is what well, I was I saying was bonkers. Like, yeah. some, some people were saying exactly... warriors have a lot of stun break, but I'm like, not 10 seconds stun break. <laughs> like... Yeah, I didn't exactly condone that one either, but I just feel like if it's a cooldown that low, if it's a cooldown that's less than half of most skill cooldowns, <laughs> like the ones you want to avoid, then that's ridiculous. I just, I don't know. Balance, I will say, I will admit to everyone, I have never, you know, not Full disclosure, I am not the person to consult about balance, but I think that is jank. I don't know. I haven't... I, well, especially not PvP. I hardly ever do PvP, and if I do, it's the world v. world variety, which is a whole different animal. But I will say that in general, like you can't, you can't make a single declarative statement about a skill without taking into context the rest of the class that's attached to it, um, mm-hmm. which is something that I feel like is done a lot in every genre and uh i see people like talking about some of those things with regard to some of the reaper changes being like too powerful just because like but they're not taking into account any of the the shortfalls of the necromancer outside of those things so i can't i can't say whether or not those skills are too powerful on the warrior or the thief but the answer might be vastly different between the two because of the differences in mobility and spiking power and cc power between warrior and thief so like that's i guess i made a very neutral statement but i just wanted to (laughs) say like in general to normal like in general for conversation especially to listeners like you know you have to you have to look at the whole package you can't just say like this skill is too busted in the game unless unless it's like demonstrably so it might be broken on your class of choice but not necessarily on the class that has it mm-hmm. and and somewhat related is kind of what are they planning to build i mean if they start putting in cc like that um and you know filling in among all the other classes and we're making counterplays for it they're changing pvp and if they want to put pvp in that direction i think it's a good thing if they make it consistent among all the classes which i yeah. think we talk about a lot on the show consistency among the classes and being fair but well, and also you have to remember that anything <clears throat> anything that we're talking about that comes from an elite specialization has an inherent opportunity cost of having to have taken that trait line in order mm-hmm. to get those skills in the first place. So whether or not that's a problem, again, like on Necromancer, I foresee almost all Necromancers becoming Reapers. Like, we just did not need, or we get so much out of Reaper that that's not really an opportunity cost. But for Warrior, I was looking at a lot of the builds, and a lot of them make heavy use of three trait lines. And by going Berserker, you are losing a very powerful trait line of of some variety. Um, it's the same thing with Thieves. Uh, yeah, exactly. And yeah, that too. So, yeah, it's 
it's going to take a lot of playtesting to really decide like if these things are that powerful or like if they're if they're too powerful or if when you really play with it a lot more you feel like the opportunity cost justifies it because you start saying like well i used to be able to do this and now i can't so yeah i don't know on that no, note it's a good point and feel free internet to quote me on this i actually believe that both bandit's defense and whatever the warrior skill one is that i can't remember Hold on. Uh, outrage. Outrage. I think that they fit. I don't think that they're too overpowered. Given their professions and their specializations, I think that they actually work. That is just me, though. And with that said, we can move on to impairing daggers. What did you think about that spirit? That's not the interrupt daggers that we talked about? No. I forgot what those are. <laughs> Impairing daggers is the one where you throw three of them, and they do the immobilize and condition stuff and damage. Eh. I think that's one of the ones I looked at, and I said, oh, that's cool. I'm not going to play with that one. I think that it's trying to be too many things at once. Um, there's already enough thief, well, not thief, daredevil utilities that are very damage-focused. A fist of flurry. Um, the added conditions are really nice in. Oh, this is the one for condition builds, while fists is for power builds. Mm-hmm. But the conditions aren't really all that strong, and I think part of that is because the upfront damage of the daggers is kind of high. So just take that off and make conditions better, I think. I would say, I mean, this this is just a general critique, but I am in favor of less. This isn't gonna happen, right? Because this is this is it's like it's too late. The game is almost out. But it, just in general, and, and for future for physical skills, I prefer less things that you just throw because that's incredibly like we talked about how the rage skills are incredibly flavorful. When it comes to physical skills and the athletic ability of the thief, I imagine things much much more acrobatic. Um, mm-hmm. And throwing a dagger is just not in line with the physical skill for me. So it uh, not only is it a lackluster skill, but it just doesn't feel like a skill that I want to use. Yeah, I mean, because if you think about the physical skills on the warrior, it's bull rush and stomp. And I mean, bull is his throne, but yeah, like, but that's just you, one like, of them. Those are like those are very warrior like those when you think warrior, warrior physical yeah. skills yeah those are like yeah. meaty and when you think thief or specifically daredevil physical i agree it you would imagine them to be more you know whoop whoopy yeah i mean it's not like it's not something that's gonna make or break the profession for me it just it was just a little bit of sadness i had and probably a reason that i uh discarded that skill almost immediately yeah, I didn't really use it either. Part of that is because I like power builds and I saw the conditions and was just like, oh, this is a condition thing and just ignored it. Well, not ignored it, but like I had better options for my build. Um, if I really think it would be a lot more useful if they emphasize you mobilize more. Because that's something thieves don't really have access to. And since it's a utility skill, they don't have to worry about the whole like spamming it with initiative so yeah I think that would work 
Uh, last utility skill. What did you think of the five finger death punch? That is that the elite? No, the oh fist no, the, of the palm strike. No, no, no. I really, I really like that one. The you have to hit every hit, and then it gives you an additional effect on the end, right? Yes. If you land everyone, that is great. That it has a lot of it's, synergy with the other ones. They immobilize. Um, you know, stopping your enemy, knocking him down, whatever it is. Uh, to get the full effect of that skill, I love that, and it's a good, it's a good physical one. Um, like like we just talked about with the like the physical flavoring of skills, that is a very thief thing. Um, yeah, that one uh, wins all of the spirit points for me. Five out of five uh, spirits. I actually like the mechanics of the skill. My only gripe is that for the risk or setup that you need to do to actually get the skill off. It's not quite hitting the reward mark. I.e. it doesn't do enough damage. Um, but that's really just it. It's a great skill. I just think it needs to do more damage. Yeah, it seemed really kind of pillow-fisted to me from what limited I used it, but mm -hmm. I don't know anything. <laughs> that just leaves us with the heal and the elite. So which one do you want to go over first, Spirit? We, we did the heal, didn't we? We did the not heal. Really. It's a joke. Nobody talked about it. Yeah, that's exactly, that's all that needs to be said right now. Like, <laughs> there's nothing else to say about that except it really needs some attention. Like, I mean, not as much as the dodges, but it needs some attention. Uh, the Elite is awesome if you're a thief. Because the wham-bam, thank you ma'am, uh, instant dead uh, crap at the end there. Also, did you uh, know, is fun. before you continue, that if you down someone with the last strike, it will instantly kill them. They yeah, actually that's have exactly, to be downed. To... Yep, that's exactly what I was that's referring cool. to. Uh, that is great if you're a thief. If you are not a thief, if that is being used on your face, that is furiously rage-inducing. <laughs> um, it was just in general, because I played I played a lot of, against a lot of Daredevils in Stronghold. That was one of the, the ones that I kept seeing come up. Um, they... It was. It felt unfair, and part of it is just you know learning to deal with it. I guess you know learning the tells and getting used to fighting against daredevils, not just thieves. Um, but they, it was unfair, like as a group member, because by the time you were able to get over there, and especially because uh, they can get access to quickness through haste and you know through their other team members. Um, if you are not in the person in the down state, it is really hard to stop them. And to like to to end that or to like to prevent the instant finish because there's not a whole lot of opportunity to do that, especially if your teammate is just getting low and your class doesn't like if you're a guardian, you could pop Aegis on him or heals or something. But as a thief trying to stop, you know, my ranger friend from going down, I would have to get a blind off on him. Uh, I would have to get something off on him to or move him or something to get them not to finish it. I can't just heal them and stop them from going in the down state. And I have to do that before uh, my player goes down. So that it's it's hard to do. Not impossible. So uh, how is it's that hard different from a stomp, then? It's much faster. Okay. It is, yeah, it is much faster. Um, it doesn't... The key differences between it and stomp, one, it's faster, and two, if you're the person that's actually downed, if you're down and the thief like trains on you and starts the elite, you're not going to be able to react to it because of the CC from the first two strikes. 
Yeah, or they can, you know, they can do it in stealth too. I mean, one of the things we talked about a little bit. I, I talked to Grabak a little bit about it before the show, um, because I I had some rage moments where I was on the receiving end of that finishing blow. Um, it's different from safe stomping. Uh, which safe stomping is either teleporting in and stomping, uh, like through a portal, like through a mesmer portal, or stealthing or um, putting stability on, you know, some way that you can't be interrupted while stomping. Um, there is a lot more counterplay, or I think a lot more opportunity for counterplay, um, both from the downed person and the person who is, you know, like a person trying to revive the downed person, an ally of the downed person, um, to stopping those than stopping an instant finish. Yeah, the I think the purpose of this elite is to really cement the daredevil as like you do not want to go toe to toe with this thing because if it manages to get you down it will kill you just straight up um however the whole like team fight aspect of it i and oh my god i'm actually saying that a thief skill is too strong it's not too strong because of the mechanics of the ability it's too strong because the tells to the ability aren't strong enough I would really like to see the all the casts of this elite become just atrociously obnoxious. <laughs> that way, everyone in a fight that is paying attention to a daredevil will know that this dude is about to take someone out, and something needs to be done about it. At that point, I think it will be like 100% balanced. I don't know. It... Because... What use is a tell if the thief stealths? Like, right? There's no other class that's going to stealth more than a thief. I don't know. I, I don't know. I just... It, I don't think it's broken. I, I don't think it needs to be removed or anything. Um, Wait, it just can needs you stealth through all three strikes? Uh, Wouldn't the first one take you out of stealth? No, but it wouldn't matter because you could drop stealth before the end, right? You could drop stealth between the the la the second and the last one. Oh well, yeah. I don't know. It just. Uh... But even then, if you're dropping it between the second and third one, that's a delay, which means that gives someone else time to deal with. Like, oh, there's a stealth thief doing this. That is true. Well, that's. I mean, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's not broken. I think we just need a little bit more time to learn how to deal with, and it. Because it is an instant finish, it's something that needs to be watched because it it does have the potential to be broken. Mm -hmm. um, but for now, I think it's f fine, just annoying. I almost <laughs> think that if you stealth, though, you'd put yourself at greater risk. I know if I saw a thief trying to stomp someone and they stealthed, and I was my mesmer, I'd throw a great sword five at that stealth area to try to interrupt. If he didn't stealth, I might not notice it and be like, oh, well, I've got to do what I'm doing before I can go help my ally. If he didn't stealth, he wouldn't have the time to deal with it. Because of the cash time being so short. Yeah. So like I said, the stealth is kind of a uh, hindrance to the thief in that instance, in that scenario. The difference being, and I actually did this a little bit, starting um, the first two on other team, like other enemies, like using it on one person and then another person, and then going to the third one that is already down and striking him down. Which... Obviously, there's more time there, so I don't think that that's OP. That's just good good play. But I'm tooting my own on there. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
traits. We already talked about the dodges. What do you think of the other traits, Spirit? Before you guys talk about it, I'm going to make an executive decision that I think we should probably just talk a little bit more generally about traits, because we're at an yeah. hour and 15 already, and there are nine Holy traits. Holy uh, <laughs> You know, honestly, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to the ones that weren't the Grandmasters. Those were the real interesting ones to me. Uh, and I didn't really have a lot of time to look at the other ones. Um, I really like the condition removal. I was disappointed with the Grandmaster Minor. I kind of think that the condition removal on Evade should be that instead. Um, other than that, pulmonary impact, lots of synergy with Sword Pistol, which is kind of funny because Sword Pistol is actually better than Staff for Dirto right now. But I always yeah. find that, like, as a as a small side note, I always think that's been really an interesting part of testing these elite specializations is finding when you feel that the weapon provided, like, granted by the elite specialization might actually not be worth it for how you want to build that, um, <laughs> or other aspects. Like, like, which aspects of the elite specialization you may want to just wholesale ignore, um, either if it's in general or just with a specific build, or, like, the idea of whether you're taking an elite specialization just for this weapon for your other build versus building an entire build around, you know, what the specialization offers. Um, but anyway, continue. I just thought that was an, that's an interesting recurring theme of, of mm -hmm. these elite specializations. Well, since you say that, I will go ahead and say that the way I played the Daredevil ultimately was by not taking the Grandmasters because, blah, I used Sword Pistol and I use that along with acrobatics and critical strikes and basically the whole premise of it was to use sword pistol 3. I would get initiative back if I evaded and the interrupt would do more damage. There was a lot of synergy I loved it. Uh, not really sure if it does more damage than dagger dagger with backstab spam but it was much more usable than backstab spam in Heart of Thorns so yeah, yeah i can't even imagine trying backstab spam in hot <laughs> so far now just standing there well not just standing there but being able to just pistol whip evade my way through the jungle made me feel like speedo farin <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> that's got to be the name of this episode somehow something to do with farin speedo farin jungle farin Um, other than that, the traits, generally, I think they have really good mechanics behind them. They just need to be tweaked a little bit, like the damage after dodging. Make it a buff that increases your damage for a set time instead of like the next attack. Uh, the heal makes that percentage of your health rather than a flat amount. Or like tweak the cooldown a bit and do things, because right now it feels really weak. Uh, that's pretty much it. Everything else is pretty much spot on. And that is, at least, my opinions on the Daredevil. Seems like we have a comprehensive uh, view on the Daredevil. Well, I I have made a thief since launch. Well, before launch, really. I'm, I'm just a tad bit passionate about it. <laughs> well, you know, and, and like Spirit said, a lot of these things feel like they're just a hair off of mm -hmm. being right. And clearly between Beta Weekend 1 and 2, they listen to a lot of the feedback on, like, the Reaper, for example, and... All of them, really. Yeah. Like, that yeah. was 
that was kind of what we were saying about, or at least what I was saying about the Reaper was like, I like these in concept, and I think they could be almost there, but they need uh. all the, you know, a couple things, and pretty much without fail, all of those things happened. Like they speaking of yeah, speaking of which, I just I really wanted to say at some point, and I kept forgetting. Uh, one of the things that I I noticed in Stronghold, and I felt uh, was really cool, is that. Maybe not last time, but definitely this time, they've really nailed uh, the feeling of danger around Reapers. And when I dropped below 50%, I got the F out when there were Reapers around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was very cool that they've really got that down right now. Yeah, yeah. I I was, yeah, I was, I was having a blast with my Reaper. Like, I am so excited to get my Necromancer, like into into reaper form and just cruise around the jungle i'm so i'm so stoked for that it's funny you mentioned that because um during the beta weekend i did my bit in the pve area with berserker and daredevil but ultimately i spent much more time doing stronghold and the only time i found that i could actually go toe-to-toe with a reaper well a power reaper or even a conditioned one really was when i was playing a daredevil Using what kind of strategy? Like using my like a heavy evade sword pistol interrupt one. Yeah, which is you know which is pretty much what we all sort of were were thinking was going to be the hardest obstacle to overcome is things <laughs> that can interrupt you with your long windups and and evade you. So I mean, sounds like working as intended. Yep. So so people know it's not that Daredevil's OP. It's that it is literally the hard counter to Reba. Yeah. Well, at least to Greatsword and doing the melee iterations. I don't know how I, much that is true with a, a ranged Condi build. Um, I actually went against a few ranged staff ones that were chill-based, and because of the Condi removal that a Reaper has while evading, it, it also goes toe-to-toe with it. Ah, that's a good point. Uh, and you mean Daredevil has one evading? Or, yeah. Yeah. That's Well, there you go. Natural predators. <laughs> now, chronomancers, on the other hand, completely me. <laughs> Sense of myself there. <laughs> because that shield five, I think, the one that makes you stand still if you get hit by it, and then it turns around and comes back and is just like, oh, I didn't see that. Now I'm going to get my absolute health drop of the century because sword two more than anything though that's probably just i need to get used to fighting chronomancers which will happen eventually i guess yeah for sure it's just funny because mesmers used to be like beef food (laughs) yeah yeah it's i like i really like that idea of the fact that elite specializations the com- like the combo factor of not necessarily always wanting an elite specialization due to opportunity costs with certain professions it's less true for others but oh the fact that with an elite specialization it may change the like food chain ordering compared to other professions but then without it may revert it and then the interaction between one with an elite spec and one without and vice versa or both with elite specs and how that like changes that whole dynamic um I think is really cool like because i as a necromancer i was never like super scared of thieves in like at least in worldview world like there was it was usually an interesting and kind of close fight but like as a reaper 
like you said, you, if if you are if you have like pistol offhand for interrupting and or are are daredeviling in general, like that may present a pretty significant problem that may not have been as much of an issue. Um, and it's because necromancers were sort of an attrition thing, and thieves were not an attrition class, really. Right. So, like, them going head-to-head, the necromancer's going to win, because the thief just does not have the sustainability. Right. Daredevil, on the other hand, does have sustainability through its evades. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, did we have anything? Oh, uh, oh, gosh. Did we want to talk about uh, the event real quick? Like, spare it a few minutes? The Mordrum event? Uh... Let's just say that Eric wrote a really nice blog post on our front page about it that you should definitely go read. Yes, and if I, I have to start anything about again. it, it's that I saw the rewards, saw like the time investment you would need to get them, decided I really don't want those rewards anyways, and didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that sounds that sounds about right. There's been a lot of griping about it, but one thing I would like to say is it doesn't encourage the core things that Guild Wars says it wants to be, because it doesn't encourage team play, it doesn't encourage helping anyone. Um, the thing that bothers me the most, I get on a map and someone wants help, you know, finding a way into Rand or something, and everyone's like, huh, wait for 30 minutes, you're not going to get any help. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a little odd. Uh, I, don't, I don't have too much to say about it, I pretty much just echo what Spirit said. We should mm-hmm. we should read uh read Eric's post about it. I you know I wish it he went off smoother, it much but better than I ever could. Yeah, pretty much. I wish it went off smoother, but I don't. Uh, I'm not like viciously mm-hmm. upset about it or anything. One thing I I do want to say there were there was a lot of backlash, um, but I do have to say that I was impressed with especially the like the top threads on Reddit and on on the forums, um, generally. Uh, I like. I feel like it was supposed to be. It was well. I don't feel like it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be an event to show new players that you know this is the kind of things that can happen in Guild Wars Two. It's it, there are some things that you know are temporary. There are certain events that go on. And they can happen in zones that you're you know you're familiar with, and then suddenly they'll change. Um, and we kind of as a community missed the boat uh, of you know showing showing new players a good time and went straight to criticism. But even when we did that, um, I was really impressed that the the top complaining threads were generally generally constructive criticism. Like I think the top thread on Reddit was uh, events feel unrewarding, um, and this is why. And then it went on to explain, you know, like this is bad, this is bad, this could be better. Um, but you know, ultimately weren't <laughs> screaming and whining about having a terrible, terrible event. Um, not that there wasn't screaming and whining, but. Uh, generally, the like the the top stuff was decent, which yeah, is it's it's pretty good. much an echo of it felt unrewarding, and this is actually not very new player friendly. Those were the two things I heard the most, which actually yep. kind of surprised me. The new es- player friendly bit, especially uh, actually, this does segue a little bit into one thing I wanted to mention, especially because you don't get experience basically, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which. You know, putting events in low-level zones uh, and encouraging a bunch of people there to effectively upscale the number of creatures. Like, that is the bread and butter of power leveling in this game, is when you get a bunch of people together and it makes a bunch more monsters. And because of experience sharing, you get that much more experience because it just plain adds that much experience to you. It doesn't divide it between players. And, you know, that's how... 
that was that that was a great way to level up in the open world was when you just got a lot of people around and there were a lot of monsters and everything was dying and you were getting a ton of experience and so that's it's a little bit sad and frustrating that that the events don't allow that um because you know again these are these are the second tier zones for new players and they're they would be great for leveling up that way uh and the segue factor is that uh my wife's family so my in-laws are getting into the game because it is uh free to play now and they're having a lot of fun uh especially her brother and so we've been playing with them and it's been a lot of fun and so i we were try- i was i was sitting there with my wife and saying oh we should like maybe do this event with them you know cuz like it'd be great and she said well you don't gain experience so like they'll just be killing things and not getting anything and i was like oh yeah, let's not then. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's yeah. let's actually avoid it. So that's that's a little sad, but it is very it's very exciting and fun to have fresh blood and to go into those newbie starter zones with new players and just like see them try to figure these things out and like see this whole huge world that we have memorized like the back of our hands practically. And you know, I ran into several people that were running around the newbie area that were like asking for help and explanations and stuff and it felt really good to just like go hang out with new players mm-hmm. so yeah i was playing with a friend that's just now getting back into the game and he was just like i, w- I want to play you know a new tune so i can get used to like all the new systems and blah, blah blah and i was really surprised to find that there were quite a few people in the norn starting zone and i was just like okay this is usually like a dead place, but there's actually yes. people here. They're all coming over to Relics of Norn. <laughs> <laughs> I should have started recruiting. Um, no, we actually just... Uh, one thing I am glad about is that free-to-play players are able to join guilds. So I actually have a small guild that's basically just a private guild for some of my IRL friends, and so we just invited them to that because the guild's mostly dead, and so it, it's nice to be able to just like get get them into you know, into a small guild just so that you can sort of have a super team chat, if you will, wherever mm-hmm. you are. Um, also, I just love my guild name, which is Underhanded Tactics, and the tag is LLC. <laughs> Great. Uh, but, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, was there a cast cast this week? Uh, my cast cast was going to be to redirect to you to tell your wonderful story about all the new players you have, but uh, I will do an improvised cast cast. All right. Uh, so... Hello and welcome to CastCast, the podcast within the podcast, but the cast of other podcasts and stuff, cast of other podcasts. This week on CastCast, if you are looking for a community, because this is a community segment, why don't you check out Relics of War, the guild? We have a... We have over 250 members now, as of last week. We have a whole bunch of new people um, just coming in from free-to-play. We've got some existing players, and... Generally, uh, we're we're building a community that I'm very very happy with, you know, as its guild leader, but also just um, to be a part of, and it's a lot of fun. Um, it is largely a lot of people in their their mid twenties, thirties, uh, but we have some younger folks. We have some people who play with their kids. A lot of people who play with their spi- uh, spouses or and or significant others. Um, we're very laid back. I'm never going to tell you how to play or what to play. We've got people of all all play styles, all skill levels, um, many, many different uh, time zones. We're a very diverse and very laid-back guild. Uh, 
Um, so if you're looking for people to come hang out with, you are absolutely welcome to come hang out with us. Uh, if it doesn't work out, if you just don't want to be with us all the time, we have no rep requirements. You can just show up for guild missions or you can not show up at all. Uh, what else? Oh, we do, we do guild missions weekly on Saturdays. Uh, and those are entirely open to the public, so if you're not sure, just come hang out with us at guild missions or one of our public guild events, which we do. Uh, I've got a guild event, at least one, planned every month until December. So just come hang out with us sometime. We're super cool people. And our raid moms bake cookies all the time. <laughs> I do. I made brownies last night. It was super legit. Because we I have mean, a ton of raid moms. You're right, <laughs> sure do, but are you and a they're raid really mom? Good. And we have them in I different time zones. Too. Yeah, we've got we've got a strong a strong um, North America Prime uh, presence. We've got a strong, a fairly strong and growing uh, Oceanic and late night uh, North America presence, and a, a smattering of other people throughout the day. And we're always looking like if you just want to hop in for a little bit, that's totally fine. Uh, I wanted to also give a shout out to uh, gw2efficiency.com. It's a cool API that several of us on Twitter were looking at. Um, and you can plug in your account API and it can tell you all sorts of things to measure your uh, internet arrogance, I guess I will say, <laughs> about your... Yeah, you know what I was going to say. Um, about uh, like how much basically the value of your wardrobe is and like the value of the stuff in your bank and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it's kind of a fun little tool to check all those things out. So shout out to that. So aside from that, I think that's pretty much it, unless anybody else had anything else they wanted to add. Nope. I think I'm good. I think we kicked that fungal wall. <laughs> oh god, fungal wallow. Uh, Eric is always with us in spirit. Yeah, well, <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, so thank you for listening, and uh, we should be back next week, and I can't, I'm, I'm still blown away by how soon uh, Heart of Thorns is coming out. Like, it's so soon. It's gonna be actually kind of a crazy ride to release, so uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for tuning in. This has been another episode of Relics of Ore. If you want to get in touch with us, you can check out our website and forums at relicsofore.com, email us at relicsofore at gmail.com, or find us on your favorite social media site just by searching Relics of ORR. If you'd like to join us in-game, you can send a whisper or in-game mail to Spiritface, or drop us a note on Twitter or our website and say hi. Lastly, if you listen to the podcast on iTunes, feel free to leave us a comment and the rating you feel we deserve. <laughs>